The message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. Praise God. He is amazing. He's mighty. He's mighty. Can I ask you a question? It's almost the end of January. Have you moved? Have you moved yet? Have you moved? Or are you still where you were in 2018? Have you moved? You've not moved? Oh, I only hear two or three people. You see, the movement at times might not be pretty. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Might not be pretty, but you just need to move. Some of you might be thinking, I'm just going to move, but where I'm moving to, it's uncomfortable. It is not about where you're going. It's about the movement. Have you moved? Keep moving until God tells you stop. Don't just stop on, you know, because you feel like, well, I'm tired or uh, I feel rested here. No, move. Keep moving. Keep moving. Ask someone, have you moved? Have you moved? Are you, are you where you were in 2018? 2018 had its own challenges and, and fruits. But 2019 is a year of capacity. Come on. Come on. Extend. Create bigger rooms. Because God is about to bring in extra. His extra will beat your room. I tell you, his extra is much more than you can ever ask or imagine. It's a year of extra. Fruitfulness and abundance in its entirety. Oh, I like the way some people have just moved. Even physically right now. That's beautiful. I love it. You know, you make those decisions to say, you know what? This is a new year. And not just because people make new decisions and resolutions. But because I am keen on making the move that will affect not only my physical location, but my spiritual location as well. Don't be in a place, oh, no, 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 no. Don't be in a place out of, I'm speaking to someone. Don't be in a place out of empathy. Because when empathy is gone, what does it leave you with? Don't be in a place out of sympathy. Because sympathy does no one any good. Be in a place where God wants you to be. Where is the place God wants you to be? You know, it's okay to say, I'm sorry, but I, 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 I can't be here anymore. It's okay to just go, I really love you. There's nothing. You know how you break up with your boyfriend? You go, it's not about you. It's me. Say to that person, God has called me into something else. Is he okay? I know you will, you will say it's not okay, but I'm moving. 
not about you. It's me. God has called me. Say, come, follow me. Come, follow me. Say, how about this other one? Say, I didn't call that person. You come. Oh, come on. Mm. Matthew. Oh, no, no, no. John. John chapter 21, I think. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Verse 19. I'll take it from verse 18 so that at least it gives you a little bit of context. So very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. You know, after Jesus, you know, asked Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lamb. Do you love me? You know, three times. And it says, says to him, very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you. And lead you where you do not want to go. But that someone else will lead you where he wants you to go. The King James Version actually used the word another. Another will lead you. And when Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he actually used the word another comforter. Another will lead you. Where you didn't want to go. So when you were younger, you used to lead yourself. In other words, when you were full of yourself, you used to do whatever you wanted. But now that you are older in God, now that God has got your heart, he will lead you where your younger self never wanted to go. But where I'm taking you to is this. Jesus, verse 19 said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, what's the next word? You see that? He said to Peter, follow me. This is where I'm taking you to. Please don't lose me here. The next verse. What did Peter do? Peter turned and saw that disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? Okay, so that's just a clarification. So Peter saw John following them. And what did Peter say? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And what did Jesus say? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. You see, at times, he's calling you alone by yourself. Regardless of where relationship, circumstances you've been, it gets to the point where God calls you out by yourself and says, follow me. Sympathy does not play its game in that role anymore. At times, God pulls you to a place where you think, oh, this is smaller than where I'm coming from. But God is saying, stay here for a while. And I will bless you and multiply you. I'll be with you. So, but God, but God, this has never been my vision. He said, well, you're stuck in the past. 
but I'm leading you a new way. Yet, that was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Peter saw, in other words, Peter was thinking, Lord, if I compare how much you love the both of us, I think you love him even more. How about him? And Jesus said, what if I asked him to stay? What's that to you? Is that even your problem? You, follow me. God is calling us into a new walk. Into a new walk. Into a new walk. And that walk is a walk you must walk alone. You have to be able to walk that walk alone by the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, so that you don't miss out on what belongs to you. Because when you do that walk alone, I tell you what will happen. The overflow will affect every other person in your life. But you have to take that step to say, Lord, I'm committing my life to you in such a way that it's never been like this before. And let God show himself strong in your life. He will show himself strong. He will. That's what he does all the time. He shows himself strong. He gives a word. He puts a word in your lips. He changes your circumstance just because you made the decision. Are you ready to move? Are you going to move? Say, so when you were younger, when you used to be a new believer, or even a new person at church, you've been an old believer, or a new person at church, you could just come and go. You could see other people doing things, and say, oh yeah, well, you know, this is not where I really belong, so I'm going. But God is calling you to a new walk. And he says, can you see where I'm taking you, my son? Can you see where I'm taking you, my daughter? Can you see that the year has passed, but you're still in the same place? I want you to move from where you are and follow me. Are you willing to follow me? Or you want to keep seeing the same result, hearing the same thing, and adapting to the same thing? Or do you want to see something new? You want to see something new? You know, Jesus said to Nathaniel, he said, hey, when you were still under the tree, I saw you. And Nathaniel said, ah, oh, you're really the prophet in whom there is no, uh, you know, no, that was what Jesus said to him, in whom there is no God. And he said, oh, my goodness, my Lord, this is actually the Messiah. And Jesus said to him, you've only seen this little and you're saying all these things about me. He said, but wait, I'll show you more. I'll show you more. There's always more in God's kingdom. There's always more. There's a place where he's taking us as a church. And there's a place where he's taking you as an individual. You get it? Isaiah 32, verse 15. Say, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness become as a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. In other words, if you used to be a wilderness, you start to bear fruit. But if you used to be a fruit bearer, you'll be counted for a forest. You see how we talked about it the last time? Everyone is standing on the steps. I'm not quite sure where you're standing. Some are standing, really committed. Some are standing, um, mid-committed. Some are standing, uh, just partially committed. And someone is standing, uh, I really don't know where I want to be. But God is moving everyone. 
But the steps does not change. But it's moving. So when the whole stairs is moved, you are still standing on where you are, but on a higher level. If I were you, I will quickly climb to the highest level and create capacity for God to move me. And that's creating capacity. That's setting a new ground for God to move. Setting a new ground. And how do you set a new ground? Number one, increase your prayer life. Set a new ground. Beat your personal best. Increase your prayer life. You only used to have a particular time of day to pray. This time, have no particular time. Pray through the day. Increase your prayer life. Do you know how many times God, the Holy Spirit reminds you a day to pray? How many of us? You just know at some point in your life, every day, at some point, God is saying, hey, pray. But you feel it's uncomfortable. The place where you are is not appropriate to pray. But he knew it's appropriate. That's why he's reminding you pray. That's why he's reminding you to pray. So he knows it's appropriate. So all you need to do is not to close your eyes or bow your head. But it's to start declaring. To start praising and worshiping God. No, you, you. Do you know you don't have to use the traditional language, Father, in the name of Jesus, to actually pray? You don't have to. You don't even have to close your eyes to pray. The closing of eyes is for your own benefit. It's not that when you close your eyes, then you see God. No. But you can pray anytime. Just like you will talk to your father anytime. How many of you, when you go to your father, you have to be in a particular position to talk to him? For some of you, I'm not quite sure how many, of, how many sports kids we have in this house who will go to their father and just jump on him. He wants to ask something. Well, you see, there's a way some kids ask something from their father. There are some who go in fear. Right? There are some who go in fear and go, oh, I'm not quite sure. Dad, do you know? And then you're scratching your head because you're so scared of your father. But there are some who just comes in and kick their father first. Dad, yeah? Then he asks whatever they want. Because they know even at the point of kicking, that's them expressing love. There are some who are not careful, not out of disrespect, but out of relationship that they've built, who communicate to their father without being afraid of their father. Hear the word father, not boss, not master, father. You see, we perceive God in so many lights, in different lights. But it depends on the light that you perceive God in that will move you further into a relationship with him or keep you where you are. You see, father can be dangerous, can be angry, can be a destroyer, but not to his children. Never to his children. It's to the invaders, those who want to steal from the house. So I'd rather not see my father and be scared. Oh, you know what? I saw the way father did something to that other neighbor. So I'm scared of my dad. 
No. He did that to the neighbor to show to the neighbor that I can protect my children. So his character outside is different from his character inside. Have you ever seen that? He's not the same to his enemies. To his enemies is a consuming fire, right? He's a lion of every tribe of Judah. But to us, he's the lead that covers us because we are the apple of his eyes. So don't be scared of your father. Relate to him like you would to the best father in the world. Can I say this? Can I say this again? If you've never had a good relationship with your father or with your parent, whoever, what kind of relationship would you have preferred to have had? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He's able to do much more than the kind of relationship you can conjure up in your head. He's able to do much more. He's able to relate to you much more. And he says, when your father and your mother forsakes you, there, there will I be. I'll keep you, I'll pull you up, hold you, I'll hold you up, hold you up. He never lets you go. So I said to you, don't look for a special place to pray, pray to him. Pray anywhere. You know, Paul said, I wish that everyone, everyone lifts their hands everywhere. Everywhere. He didn't say only at church. He didn't say only in your closet. There's a time for closet prayer. But at times I wish I don't even have to have a closet prayer. That I can celebrate him anywhere I am. And people say, who are you talking to? I'm just talking to God. <laughs> you know, at times you, you, you're, you're talking to your lover, right? You're talking to your lover and people that are listening to you are just jealous. You're thinking, what was this? Who is he talking to? It's just like, if I picked up my phone right now, <laughs> let's, let me set a fire in the house. If I picked my phone right now and someone is calling, I picked up my phone and I go, hello, love, with my wife. Yes, you'll be wondering, who is that? Who is that? And do you know why? Because you can only speak to someone that you are close to that way. And you are not ashamed to express your love to your lover, even in the public. Jesus said, in the midst of the assembly, I'll praise you. So whether it is quiet, whether there are so many people there. Have you ever realized why? Have you ever asked yourself why Jesus, before he ever performed any miracle, he lifted his eyes first to the Father? And say, God, this is for your glory. It's not because if he didn't do that, he wouldn't be able to do what he wanted to do. He could do exactly the same thing. Can I still have your attention? Thank you so much. I'm the most important in this room right now. Is that okay? Oh, great. But, it, but it's true. You just, know, you just need to know what is my relationship with God. If it's been a scary relationship, determine this year to change it. Get to know him more for yourself. If I were you, I wouldn't put myself in the place of the Egyptians. I would put myself in the place of the Israelites. God protected. If I were you, I wouldn't put myself in the place of the prophets of Baal, whom 
fire consumed. I will place myself in the place of prophet Elijah who called on the fire. He protects you. Amen. So, what are you going to do? Create a better relationship with him this year. You know, we talked about it last week. We said, let the Holy Spirit take over. Come on. Allow him to take over. Allow him to take over your thought pattern, everything that you do. Allow him to take over. I'll say to you these days, don't let what will be will be. Because what will be will not be. We don't live by luck, guys. Are you still here? We don't live by luck. How many times have you been so lucky and you've won a million dollars? We don't live by luck. How many of you, just tell me in secret, right? How many of you have ever kind of played some game and you expect money, big money to come out? Oh, come on, be nice. I have. No other person, so I'm the only sinner in the house. Great. But it's true. At times you just, you just think, Right? You're the best. Hey, you know, it, they advertise it on, on TV all the time as though everyone wins. And then you go put your money into it. And what they are telling you is that it's lucky. You know, you might just be lucky. You might just be lucky. But as God's kids, we don't depend on luck. Because if it's out of luck, we probably might not even get anything. Do you know how many people have spent all their earnings on Lotto and they've not won anything? Anything. But you see, the idea of luck is you always have a hope that something is going to happen, although it never will happen. You always think. And whenever they announce it on radio or TV, you'll be the first person you'll be thinking, ah, is that me? Is that me? Is that me? Amen. Can we welcome whoever is walking in? We have been waiting for you. God bless you. I realize that whenever you're coming to church, you just feel comfortable. Even when you are late, you just walk in very gradually. I like it. I really like it. That's such confidence. Man, it's, it's good. And there are some who will come to church because they are so shy, they'll first go to the toilet and gather up some confidence. But for her, nope. She just walks in and then check her phone. Is anyone calling me yet just before I get into God's presence? No one is calling me. I love you too. Praise God. Genesis. Chapter 26. Verse 16. You know, we've been reading this particular scripture. How Isaac sold in the land and reaped a hundredfold the same year. 
But verse 16, it says, the king of the land came to Isaac and went, go away from us. So why? Because you are much more mightier than us. Another one is coming. This one was not too confident. She had to go to the toilet first. Praise God. Don't you love them? Angie baby. See? Tell Angie that this service starts at 6.30. Yeah. And the culprit over there. Yeah? Start at 6.30. All right. God bless you. Can I hear you say you love me? Oh, thank you. Now you have no reason to be angry. Okay. But God told Isaac, hey, don't leave the land. Stay. He said, but there's famine. He said, I know, I know. I share your thoughts, but stay. Stay in the land. So when Isaac, but do you know, God did not tell Isaac to sow in the land. He just told him to stay. So Isaac went into work. Isaac decided to, okay, if you ask me to stay in the land, all right, I'm not just going to stay here and warm the seat. I'm going to do something. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to do some work. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. You've asked me to stay here. I will stay. So he stayed and then decided to plant in a dry land, a droughted land. And then all of a sudden, it yielded a hundredfold. And then the king of the city came and said, Isaac, come on. We've never seen this before. It's famine. But you've sown and it's yielded. It's meant to be famine. Whatever he did prospered. And then what did he say to him? He said, leave us because you are much mightier than us. And I want you to see that again. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. And what did Isaac do? Isaac had to obey authority, right? Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gera. Where? Valley. Not on the hilltop. The lowest places. Okay? It's okay. I can stay here. Where he settled. Isaac reopened the worlds that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. So he didn't change anything. Um, Isaac's servant dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Jerah quarreled with the, those of Isaac and said, This water is ours. Did they dig the well? No. There are some people that are just like that. This water is ours. So he named the well Esek because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. He named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well. And no one quarreled over it. So he named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and we'll flourish in the land. But have you noticed one thing? That every well he dug, there was water. And when they said there's famine in the land, you know there's no water to water the land. That's why nothing is growing. But everywhere Isaac dug, there was water. And people will come and go, No, that's us. That's our land, that piece of, our piece of land. He said, okay. Okay. See, you see, that you move away from quarrel does not mean you're stupid. Okay? 
It just means that you know you've got something much more better. It is not the place that there is fruit. The fruit is in your spirit. Everywhere you go, you will always yield fruit. Are you still here? So, hey, when people drag with you or wants to be, uh, you know, wants to be right, allow them to be right. Say sorry. Walk away. But always learn to walk away. Never stay. Don't overstay your welcome. You become irrelevant. It's true. You overstay your welcome, you become irrelevant. Everything that happens, you are the cause. Even though you are not. So know when it is time to move. When they quarrel with you, just go, hey, it's okay. I'm so sorry. You felt hurt. I'm so sorry. That was not my intention. Okay? Then after you fixed it, because it's within your power to fix it. Hey, it's within your power to fix it. Fix it. Even when you are still angry and bitter and really crazy. Fix it. Go into your room. Put your head on the pillow. Yell into it. Okay? Release your anger there. But fix it out here. After you fixed it here, go into your pillow, release your anger and say, Lord, I love you. Because I've just done that for you. <laughs> so that no one will go, well, they say it's a Christian. She's a Christian. So, Lord, I'll take the beating if only it honors you. Are you still here? And let it be honorable to God. Don't just do it. You know, to say, you know what? I just did that next time. I won't do it again. <laughs> no, don't do that. Let it be an honor. Let it bring glory to God. And then move away. And where else you go, we'll yield some more. Everywhere you go, we'll continue to yield until you find a place where no one drags with you. And you go, yes, the Lord has given us room to expand. Amen. Amen. And I want us to move from there a little bit. Verse 23, from there he went up to Bathsheba. That night, ah, love this. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. So what did Isaac do? Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. Then he pitched his tent and there his servant dug another well. They never stopped working. They kept digging wells. Meanwhile, Abimelech, the king of Gerah, had come to him from Gerah. You see, the first time Abimelech drove him from Gerah. Now, Isaac is at Bathsheba. Abimelech has come from Gerah to him with Ahuzat, his personal advisor, and Fickle, the commander of his forces, Isaac asked them, why have you come to me? Since you were hostile to me and sent me away. Can, can you see what's happening? That everyone who has spoken against you at some point, they're going to realize that, that you were not the problem. It was actually them. It was actually them. Although you said, I'm sorry. They didn't realize at that point. But it was after you'd gone, they realized nothing changed. In fact, it got worse. They'll start to look for you. Can you please pray for me? 
You are the only one that used to pray for me on my birthday. Can you pray for me again? There's no other person that really talks to me as good as you speak to me. I know I've really messed up our relationship. Can I stay here for a while? I know some of you, some of you will go, no, it's my time now. You go. But let this mind of Christ be in you. All right. In the name of Jesus. He said, but why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, we saw clearly that the Lord was with you. We saw clearly. Up until now, they didn't realize that. Although they knew something was happening, but they thought it was your luck. You know, you were digging in the, in the most fertile places. But now they realize that the Lord was with you. So we said, there ought to be a sworn agreement between us, between us and you. Let us make a treaty with you that you will do no harm to us. Are you still here? I'm going to stop there. Who did he bring with him? He brought his personal advisor and the commander of his army to beg the man of God to say, please do no harm to us. Write a contract today that you will not chase me away from this land because he could see his future that he's way bigger than them. Can I say to you tonight, don't let anything that you are going through right now determine your future in God because God has already a future planned ahead of you and all he wants you to do is to just cooperate with him and your own part of it is to obey and just keep working and let him be the one doing all the fighting. He said, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Does that word mean something to you? The word let, you know? At times the word let actually means give him the opportunity. Permit him to arise. Because when you hold him back down, he can't do anything. When you think, I can do everything, God, I can just do everything. Don't worry, I'll go talk to him. It's okay. He will leave you to do the work yourself. But when you step out of the way, he will arise on your behalf. Can I say to you, let this year be a year of testimony that you cannot hide. A testimony, even when you try to hide it, is popping out of the box. Say, so, we see, we can see. And people will be saying, we can see. What are you hiding? We can see. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. But I pray that you will always be the first person to jump up and go, God, you've done something for me. And I want the whole world to know. And he's doing that for you. In Jesus' name. The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com.